man. Welcome to the show. I like the hoodie. That we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Slater joins me here from Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Life of 65, iHeartRadio. You know what it is. One of the top guys in the industry, filmmakers out there. He's really doing it for the culture, the real hip hop. And I see the Run DMC poster hey. in the background, the Nas hoodie. I love it. See, we're connecting here. I love lifestyle. the lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. But man, welcome to the show. The choice is yours. Paramount, you're doing it big. Thank the, you. The critics love it. How are you feeling, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm I'm feeling great. Uh, cold New York, but today was kind of warm, so you know, gotta take the wins when you get them. You do, and you're getting a lot of them right now. I mean, the DMX documentary with HBO. Thanks, I mean, you've been, you, yeah, you, you and you deserve it, man. I love that you really get back to to the real hip hop, and because that's what I'm about. I know with me and doing media, you have to kind of bend and twist to accommodate the newer artists and they don't really follow what traditional hip hop is. And we'll get into that as well. But yeah. what are your thoughts on just the, the release of the documentary, the the reception and just, just everything around it, because it's, it's definitely taking stride. Thanks, man. Well, I also want to say just thanks for having me. Uh, I'm a fan of the show. Wigs put me on a few months ago. Just been watching who you have on and and what you guys talk about on here, and and I'm just hyped to be here. So thanks. Oh, of course, man. Now, once I found out about you and, and Sean put me on because I didn't even realize, man, because you really are having an impact out here. I love hip hop. I love people who love the roots of hip hop. I know a lot of it's garbage. What's going on out? But we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But man, how are you feeling? I appreciate the compliment, man. And like I said, big ups to you. But how are you Thank feeling you. about the reception and everything? Because it's taken over. Yeah, thank you. I'm honestly I'm I'm hyped. The reception is uh a lot better than I thought it would be because I thought it would kind of fly under the radar a bit. Um, you know, there's so many streaming platforms out there, there's so much content out there, and I don't think anyone in particular was looking for Black Sheep or Dilla Doc in that moment. Dilla was definitely having a moment right now, it's his birthday, so big shout out yeah. to him. Happy birthday. Happy, bur happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um and I feel like Dan Charnas dropped a book. There was a lot of buzz um, with Dilla time and people were kind of thirsty for some stuff there. And I'm I'm ha I'm happy we got to have that storyline within within the the doc. But yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out, just hyped uh, to kind of pay homage to to Drez. Um, the choice is yours. Such a classic track. Um, I I could pull a room of people. They all know the track. They're just some of them might not know who made it. Uh, so it was it was really dope to just like give him his moment, give him his flowers. Why, why we're all here, you know? I feel like that's also a thing in hip hop is everyone gets their flowers when they're gone, and it's like, what about the the, the legends, the pioneers that helped started that are still right here that can still tell these stories? So um, it's been good. It's been really it's, people that have reached out has been awesome. I mean, especially the people in the doc, Paz, Jerobi, um, they're all hyped because they're in it, obviously. But then I, I've had some some people I've worked with in the past just kind of reach out and and youngins like younger people who who are in hip-hop denzel curry shouts to denzel um, lyricist lyricist based yeah. so yeah i'm just I'm, I'm hyped to see it make waves yeah I, I, i'm i'm happy for you man like i said congratulations and it's only going to be up from here and it, it really just brings you through history and just learning about the bad deals that these legends have signed and just to see the, just where they're at today. And, and it kind of relates to a lot of those old school rappers, even when you look at just all of them, because they, they have these hits and then they can't replicate it on the second album. Cause nonfiction without a doubt, that was my intro to 
Black Sheep was without a doubt. Then mm. I got it. I'm sure I heard the choice is yours on commercials because it was so commercialized. Right, right. But I was always a fan of without a doubt. And then that led me back to Similac Child and everything. Yeah, oh, and Wolf, Wolf Sheep's clothing. clothing. Work yeah. Back, yeah, work backwards. That's interesting. I think a lot of people's uh, I've heard it depends on who you talk to and what age they are. You know, some people are like, oh, strobe light, honey. Yeah. It was like, you know, anything off Wolf and Sheep's clothing. I've never heard actually anyone say it was without a doubt. So that's pretty dope. Um, and I love that video. I think he's in like the classic Yankees. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that like seeing the, those two, I mean, I don't want to give away the doc too much i'm mean, should we like i mean we lot of just like hey, hey man it's it up matter. to you you're the, you're the director man i watched it so i'm gonna yeah, be asking yeah. you about so, certain things in there you know yeah um but i don't know i mean what was your question was it like about black sheep like exposure to it or oh yeah yeah it, it was kind of just about you know how groups it, it's so hard to oh, right. replicate it on their software sure. album yeah yeah, I've heard, um, I can't remember who told me this, but it was like your first album, let's say you drop it at 21, like that album took you 21 years to make, mm. you know, like that was your whole life leading up to that. So it's pretty crazy to think like, okay, you dropped this album that essentially took you, let's say 21 years to make, cool, pump us out another one in like six months. Yeah. What do you, you know, you're setting the bar pretty crazy, but I don't know, like, that happens to so many artists, the sophomore album, or even just the next song. People just hear you one way when you come out. So that that's what they're expecting next. Also at the time when they were dropping that, labels were putting a lot more pressure. Today we have like, you know, you can be more independent and change up your sound. I mean, the last, I listened to the last, uh, I think it was called Black Seminole, the last little, little Yachty album. Did completely different from any of his other music. So. I don't today it's different. I think there's more leeway where you don't get put into a box so quickly. But back then the labels definitely did put you in a box. They were trying to replicate sounds. And if you didn't live up to that like first record, sometimes you just got shelved or, or made way for somebody new. Yeah, so, it, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, we see it with, with all these guys and you're wearing a, a special hoodie right there. Nas is my favorite rapper where I think <laughs> his sophomore album is better than his debut, in my opinion. I know Elmatic is considered the greatest hip hop album of all time, but it was written for me. It's better. It was written was that was that that for you was better. That's interesting. Yeah. You know what? He he's really comfortable on it was written. Yeah. Elmatic was something different. I don't think anyone had really heard that yet. So I think people still look at that as it's like um it's like with Jay-Z and um when he came out first too, like everybody was listening to Basically, every track on that album was fire. Reasonable, yeah. Yeah. And the pro the production on it was crazy. And he kind of kept kept that tone. And I think I think Nas took it took it to another level. Like he just kept stepping it up and stepping it up. Not 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 saying one is better than the other. Although I'm a, I'm a bigger, I would say Nas fan as well. But um yeah, I mean like it's it's crazy because that 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 first album is kind of what everybody remembers, but yeah, I'm a big Nas fan too. Like Nas, Nas is that dude. Yeah, he he's top for me. I mean, Tupac is number one, and then Biggie because you kind you got to put them at the apex. But Nas <laughs> is third for me. Yeah, <laughs> Nas is bit yeah, he's up there, man. So I mean, for me too, like I got Big L in that lineup somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
I, it's it's tough. It's also it depends on mood. Like what am, what kind of mood am I in? To, in my, my top five might change. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm the same yeah. way. I, I I'm I always do my top fives. I, I it's so hard to put these newer artists in there because I was having the conversation with someone the other day and I said these Griselda guys they're great, but they don't got the big popper records. They don't got the they don't got those like hypnotized. They can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the issue with today music a lot of it is the production too we don't have the jay dillas anymore a lot of it they they take a sample of a and we had a great example of this in the documentary with, with lola brooke they yeah, take the lola. sample and they throw trap drums on it and that's not that's not production when we think about hip-hop you got to hit the mpc you got to see how J dilla would dig in the crates and all that you displayed yeah. it for us that's yeah. what it that's why you don't get anthems anymore because that's how anthems were made yeah, it's true. No one's really hitting the pads too much anymore. I don't really see that. I, I see people reaching backwards and recycling samples um, just to like pay, pay. you know, you're hoping they're paying paying homage, but also there, I think there's like an element of laziness. It's laziness. Yeah. 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 I don't think anyone's <laughs> like, let me make up a new drum line. And, and, you know, don't forget these dudes were reaching back and taking samples too but from different genres and not, chopping them up and actually doing stuff. Right. Too, not from yeah. the genre itself, you know? So now this, the genre is like sampling itself and it's getting weird. Sometimes I'll hear a track and I'll be like, Oh, this is my jam. And then it will turn. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, who took this? Like, what is right. this? It's different. Um, sometimes it's still hot though, but it's not the same, but to, to kind of get back to that point of like, I think those those MCs like Biggie, Tupac during that time, again, the labels were like, this one's for the club and this one's for you. There was more of a format or a formula to follow. And I think that since that's kind of gone out the window a bit, people don't feel pressured to drop a club track or a banger. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a little different. It's not. Um, I don't see that like that pressure to be like, give us give us the in the club, like give us the. That 50 was still on that wave, like all all of, I think up until like 2010, like I think the, that was the format was like, give us the club joint. Then, you know, you got a few on, on here. That's you give it. Give us a sensual joint. And like that, that's your album. That's what makes up the album. It, it's crazy how we're on the same wavelengths because I had a conversation with Chuck Strangers a couple nights ago and I asked him, I said, when was the last overall critically acclaimed classic? Because we don't get those classic albums anymore that are overall uh, critically acclaimed. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about underground guys like Griselda with their mixtapes and all their projects. I love Griselda too. Get, get Rich or Die Trying was like the real last one. I mean, you could probably say J. Cole 2014, Forest Hills Drive, Tip of a Butterfly, you could probably say that. Yeah. But it's so rare. You don't get classic albums anymore that have that real hip hop element to them. No, because I think the genre is shifting. Like yeah. like Mr. Long says in the movie, it's like hip hop cannibalizes itself. So I think it it devours most of it and moves on with what it wants to move on with. And like, I think that's why you also have some old heads today being like, well, that's not hip hop. And it's like, well, it has elements of hip hop. But, you know, then there's there are new words starting to define it. There's like hyper pop. There's all these subgenres. Um, you know, they, they are rapping. People are rapping. Maybe they're getting a little melodic. Maybe they're singing a little bit. And also the, the, they're being a little more vulnerable, like a little more sad and maybe some sad boy stuff. Like that wasn't in hip hop before that you didn't want to look soft. So that's also like the, 
it's all it's all changed, man. It's changing, but you can't just stay on the lawn shaking your fists. You know, you gotta like some of it. You gotta gotta give it a chance. Like I love Corday's music, YBN Corday. Yeah, he could rap. He could rap. Um, he does he does it well, and he also pays homage even in even in the lyrics themselves. Uh, you could tell he studied the game, like. And then I go back to Denzel and honestly, some of these other South Florida rappers, even like um, um, I could see him in my mind right now. Uh, wow, I'm blanking on his name. He's like Denzel's like he was in he was in ULT. He was in that whole crew. Um, it was like XXX's right hand man, too. But they all had lyricism still, even though they were being like melodic and even punky. Like it's different. It's different. Oh, Ski Mask. Sorry, Ski Mask. Okay, Ski Mask. All right. Yeah. Like, Ski Mask could flow. Crazy. Yeah, I've heard some of his songs, so. Yeah. But I don't know. There's there's people out there that I think are still carrying the torch. An important quote from the documentary was, when you're 25, when you've been rapping for 25 years <laughs> old, you're, you know, when you've been rapping for over 25 years, you're considered old. What are your thoughts on kind of ageism in hip hop? Because we don't get that in other genres. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember the quote exactly. I think Drez says when you're a sh when you've been cooking or in the kitchen for 25 years, you're a chef, you're a master chef. Yeah. But when you've been rhyming for 25 years, you're just old. I think it kind of rings true. I mean, it's evident, sadly, that a lot of these dudes who pioneered the genre and helped create it kind of get left in the dust. Um, and like going back to what Long said, it's like, it's always like, look at the new, look at the new. And I think other genres, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Cause something that I think it's special ed says in the doc, he's like, you know, we're the Rolling Stones of hip hop. We're these people yet. We're not getting the same love and, and like still touring, but like, I don't, I, I agree with him, but I also don't because there are, do, like Ice-T is still touring. Like yes, yeah. Snoop, Snoop is still, still touring. There are OGs still touring, but I don't think they get the love on the charts that they used to. And I think that's fully true. Um, and when they say ageism and hip hop, it's like, it's a young man's game. I think it can be a young man's game, especially as an older artist, if you and kind of get tangled up in that thought and decide to shut out the younger ones, which I like that Drez doesn't. Drez was hyped that Lola took the sample, um, and he went to the set and to see what she did with it on the music. Visual. Yeah, like he's staying active instead of shunning it. So I think you got to keep your eyes and your ears open and be and be ready to embrace what's coming next. Because if not, I think you could box yourself in. So. It's it's a tough one. Age it's a double edged sword, man. It's true. It is. It's a tough pill to swallow, but you got to do it. Yeah, want to survive for sure. <laughs> for sure. It's what it is. Like, uh -huh. I'm sure I think about this. All these OG Hollywood like old dudes, they're probably pissed off that YouTube exists. That that the whole filmmaking market went from very controlled, sought after, small group of people. To like now anyone can make a film and put it on YouTube and there you go. It's out in the world. So I, you know, it's, it oversaturates the market, but then there's also like, you're giving mad people a chance who probably otherwise didn't. Mm.
It's true. It goes for everything. Podcasts and radio. Because yeah. when I started radio in college, podcasts were booming until a little bit later in my college years. And then all of a sudden, everyone's got a podcast. And that's why I get the same way. Everyone has a podcast. I went to college for this. I, you know, I right. studied you journalism studied and communication. And journalism. Yeah, so who's, yeah. this, who's this bozo with a podcast? And he's sitting there with his mother <laughs> in bed and he's interviewing celebrities, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so true, though. It's so true. And people, yeah, same thing in film. You study film, you work really hard, you chop up this short you spent mad time making or like feature. And then there's somebody on TikTok getting millions of views for you know playing with their cat so like it's it's the same (laughs) and now if you do that you get nominated for a grammy and best artist category and like jay-z said some of y'all don't belong in the category and we know who he was talking about ice spice etc and (laughs) yo that was some shade that was was some obvious shade but i don't know it was kind of entertaining that he did do that, you know? I think it was needed. I think there's a pass for too many of these people because they don't take rap seriously. They just use it as a trend, and then they they blow up off of it. They're not taking the crap seriously. It's it, it's it's so sad because when I was looking at the Travis Scott performance and because oh, bears? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, horrible, uh. horrible. And I just think about it, like, from my age group because they think that this is what rap is. They're... This is what they think is hip hop, and they have no idea about the legends, and they don't want to know. They don't care, no. they, so they think Travis Scott and it, Travis Scott's not even rapping. He's saying the same word over and over, and it just drives me nuts that our our age group and the younger people don't understand what rapping is. And I said, you know what rapping is? When Twenty One Savage, which I was surprised when he came out on stage with Brandy and Burner Boy because he was actually he actually had some lyrics. I said that's rap. 21 has bars and yeah. he's, he dumbs down his flow. It's like when you first listen to Cameron in Children of the Corn. Yeah. He's like With mace. fast, spitting fast. Um, and I think he was like, you know, taking notes from L and just Harlem rap. And then he's once he's formed diplomats and it's years later and he's trying to find his own flow and realizing that this really intelligent rap is starting to be called backpack rap and like not that cool. He takes his exact same bars and just like chops and screws them, just spits them much slower. I get and them computers putin. Yeah, and, and it works though. Like it does. I find myself saying random throughout the day diplomat quotes because you know it's just stuck in my head. Today I had one in my head. It was like, what was it? Sipping on the sake in Suzuki in Osaga Bay. Like, I'm like, what is he even really talking about? But <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Like I know it's like, but yeah. it's like melodic and it works. And I think that that's what the kids are seeing like a Travis Scott do. Like take what was rap and put his own flavor on it. And yeah, I don't know. Like I also think a lot of rap today, like you're saying, they're not studying the craft. They're more trying to become like a brand or a personality. And you do that by like throwing crazy shows and acting outrageous and like garnering attention through, you know, means that before weren't really on the table so yeah it's just different like yeah that performance was crazy i didn't like i didn't really like it i was actually like it was a spectacle to me i was like what what is he gonna do next like (laughs) what is this um but i'm trying to um fast car Mm. the performance of fast car i was like this might be the best performance of the evening (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, that was like two people strumming on guitars, like singing their hearts out. So that was music. That was talent. It's sad. It's a sad state where we are in music, right? It's it's sad, but you got to look through the cracks and you'll find some people. Go enjoy your old throwbacks and underground yeah. artists. Hey, you could do it, but it's it, it's tough for real rap fans right now. But I, I did want to get back to the documentary and then learn more about you because sure. we brought up Mr. Long because this documentary you brought them back together. You know, you, you this piece brought them back together. So I, how big is that? I mean, when you just look at it, just seeing what your work did and just helping them, helping a legendary group get back together. And they haven't spoken Thank in you. so long. Yeah. Yeah. That, that the intention of the doc was as was not that. And like, you know, you, you study journalism, you follow the story where it's going. So I was, uh, interviewing a lot of different people for the film about Drez, about Dilla, about the project. Chi Ali. Yo, I love Chi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's so funny. And yeah, different people in the natives like Chi, uh Drez is like protege or or for lack of a better term, like yeah, protege or just like homie. Um, um yeah, like his counterparts, his peers and just other people kind of in pop culture. But it started the question kept coming back, which was, you know, they would say, oh, yeah, like him and Mr. Long, that album, him and Mr. Long, that track, you know, where's Long? And then I would ask them, you know, like, I'm hoping you know where Long's at, because every time I would ask Drez, he was kind of cryptic about it. Mm -hmm. um, they they weren't on bad terms, but they weren't on great terms. And it was just kind of this gray area where Drez is on his own, you know, performing, still being in hip hop and an artist and long had kind for lack of a better term disappeared. I didn't know where he was. And so I started just asking, following that beat, like, Hey, do you know where he's at? Do you know where he's at? And uh, the producer of the documentary, Tom Calabraro, who made the Chi Ali doc, really good doc. Um, he was like, yo, we got to find long. And I was like, absolutely. And we kind of just pivoted from, following Drez's project progress to where's Mr. Long and uh, yeah, trying to catch up with him. And finally, I remember we were in Miami and we were interviewing Haas and we were like, yo, have you seen Mr. Long? Like we keep asking everyone. He's like, I'm not sure, but I think he might be in Florida. And I remember Chi thinking he was in Florida too. Those were the only two Floridas. Everybody else was like South Carolina, um, maybe somewhere in New York. Like the answers were all over the place, but the two Florida ones, that was that was promising. And then I think it was Jerobi who was like, let me see uh where he's at or what I can do about that. And we didn't think about it. Because a lot of people would kind of give that answer, like, let's see where he's at. We'll, we'll, I'll check back in with you. And then, like, a few days into being in Miami and shooting with Poss, I remember Tom's phone rang and he's like, yo, it's a, it's a Florida number. I was like, oh, pick it up, put it on speaker. And he, and it was, it was like long. And he's like, this wow. signature voice. And he's like, heard you was looking for me. And we we're like, oh, shit. And he was like, yo, if you're around, come tomorrow. I'm only available tomorrow. And we just drove from Miami to Orlando and just met him. And like, he was ready. He was ready to talk. It was dope. It was kind of crazy, but 
then once we were talking to him, he was getting really nostalgic. And uh, after we were done with the interview, you know, in journalism and in documentary, you're not really supposed to influence the story too much. <laughs> but we were just like, yo, would you be down to like link up with Drez and like see him? And he was like, absolutely. So the only we long was coming. Drez didn't know he was coming, though. So that was like a big kind of kind of win. And then when they reunite, they're like, like no time had passed it's back in the 90s again. Yeah, right away. And then they were just like, yo, let's go to the studio. So it was kind of just like magic unfolding. And we we were like, let's just let's just follow this. And, and that's why it's like kind of halfway through the doc, it becomes a different movie a bit. It does. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. got dark there for a minute because we couldn't find where he was. I was like, what the hell happened? He must have really screwed him over or they hate each other. I was and then it turned out, like you Damn. said, a, a completely different movie. And I'm glad it went the way it did, because now we're going to get some another black, another black sheep album. Yeah, they're, they've been working on it. They also did like this 50 50th anniversary of hip hop, like Grammys performance. That was dope. Um and yeah, like once they got back in the studio, it was like no time had passed. They wanted to just keep making music. And like, yeah, it did get a little dark for a bit. We were looking for long, couldn't find him. But um, I don't know. Once once he was found, it was like no question that they wanted to to reunite and keep making music. So that was like, for me, a big, exciting chapter of, of it. And I was hoping that, you know, he would get down with the Dilla project and we'd be able to like, weave it all in together and that scene in the film when they're in the studio they are working on a dilla track together wow. so hopefully we do hear that soon and we still don't know when the the dress and dilla album are going to be coming either it's no i mean it's kind of you know i was praying this wouldn't happen but and you see it in the film it's kind of a victim right now it's in it's in purgatory it's like in legal battles um I, that I, rolling stone I, article did a number Bro, that, no, that was crazy to be with him in the hotel and he get that news. That was like, oh, no, like this is going to be this isn't going to be good. I also thought it was kind of a gut punch to him because he had been working so hard on that album. And like left field was this article. It was kind of almost like make believe. I was like, why? Why? I was as confused as he was. It's a, It's a tough. That's a. When when people pass away, it's very tough afterward to navigate their estates, their life, what they left behind. And to this day, you see that with a lot of artists still. There's just tons of intellectual property and beautiful things that we'll probably never hear because they're just tied up in legal stuff. Even Havoc said it in the documentary, even with Prodigy, he has trouble. Yeah. And I, I, I love that we had Havoc in there because he was somebody who was actively just had is dealing with and navigating in a state where you you made a lot of stuff with somebody. And uh, but I think he says it best. He's like, you got to just act like they're still here. Mm. And what would you do if they were here? You would probably ask them. So then you got to ask who's next in line and, and honor their what they would have hoped uh, would happen. And yeah. it's deep, but I want to take it to you, man, because I know we, we've discussed a lot about this documentary. We want people to watch the rest of it. Go check yeah, it out yeah, for really, yourselves but man just tell me more about you you're from new york city you've been doing yeah. this. we'll get we'll touch a little bit on the dmx documentary too but sure. just tell me a little bit about about yourself and just getting into the whole film world and did you go to nyu no i went to suny new Paltz. you went to suny yeah. okay yeah um i went to beacon high school in new york uh 
stayed in the public school system. Even my college was public because um, I just couldn't get enough of the Board of Ed. Uh, nah, they, they're, they're, honestly, people, I think from people out of town don't realize that the public school system in New York is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, but I went to uh, SUNY New Paltz. I studied TV, film production and journalism and uh, had come from a background of just growing up around hip hop, uh, growing up next to Fat Beats, working there from age like 11 on. Uh, wasn't getting paid for a while, but um, I don't think that was legal. And uh, shouts to DJ Eclipse. Sean worked there too. Uh, shout out to Sean. Shout out to Sean Wiggs. Um, and yeah, so early on we were listening to like a, like super niche hip hop, like very... You know, like Helta Skelta, Boot Camp Click, uh, any, anybody on Duck Down, Mad Lib, Black Milk, Lord Quaz, like really niche stuff. Um, and I loved it. I We, we both loved it. And uh, that's kind of what I was listening to. And at the same time, I was just like filming a lot of stuff in my neighborhood. I was skating a lot. I had a camera with me all the time. I was trying to, you know film i was hoping me or one of my friends was going to become pro at skating um none of us got that good so i just kept filming everything around me and brought that to college and was like i want to hone in on this craft a bit figure out how to edit kind of wear every hat you know like just see what i liked and then once you wear every hat you become a filmmaker because you can you can do it all so then it's kind of you start chasing stories and like that's what i've been doing um but, you know, when I would come home, it was the city. So I was lucky in college. It was like, go out there and make your documentary. And people were going to shoot the pizza spot in town. And I was like, OK, I'm going to go home and like, you know, shoot this my favorite record shop that might be closing or like I had I think I was lucky enough to have cooler subjects to that. I grew up around that. I was just Ricky Powell was in my neighborhood, like shooting tons of hip hop people like it was just like these characters were all around me. So I just kept filming and uh, led me to different companies, experiences, led me to Vice. And I was at Mass Appeal, which is, you know, shouts to Nas, owned by Nas. Um, and that that's where I got to like really spread my wings. And um, I was working with a ton of different artists, making short docs and, you know, just keep leveling up until you make a feature. And now trying to make another feature and another feature it, it, it's gonna go up from here at pop smoke you've worked with even yes. post malone you work with some yeah. big time people dmx you gotta tell me how you got with dmx and just your crazy dmx story i've heard so many about them steve rifkin stories about dmx it's been crazy so what is yeah. your dmx story from working with him my dmx story wow there's so many to choose from um well <laughs> just thinking about it makes me laugh because he's like a really he was a really funny guy um super super childlike um but like super grown at the same time he was just like unapologetically himself at every moment and it, it made me uh really respect him but also at other times just like cringe like yo you know he's I just remember one dude this is just not this is not the DMX story but you know like a guy it's actually in the doc a guy from Interscope is like, hey, can you take a picture with us? And he's normally very cool about that. But he was mid conversation with somebody. And he just like turned to him and just went from like having a nice combo to being like, full on, like, don't you see I'm talking to somebody like I'm not taking that picture with you right now. The, the, ar, 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 ar. <laughs> it 
it was just like oh shit like he just turned it up um i don't know i'm trying to think of a, a really good one was when we first picked him up from jail uh, in west virginia he had just gotten out for doing almost two years for tax evasion and like everything was like brand new you know after being incarcerated that long i think he was just grateful to be doing anything that wasn't in jail and we had a three-day road trip back to new york uh and that three days was like a whirlwind and he was the just wanted to stop everywhere we stopped he, he was a fanatic for subway like subway sandwiches and we would just keep stopping to get subway sandwiches um i remember his order was like really funny and bizarre and it was like he wanted uh it was always italian urban cheese sub it had to be and if they didn't have it we left um he wanted like turkey cheese lettuce tomato and then he would say and so much pepper you can't see the vegetables and i thought that was like <laughs> such a funny line um i remember we stopped like at uh, a firehouse just he wanted to thank the firefighters for just being them and then told us a crazy story about how he got rescued by a firefighter when he was younger um and just his presence overall like he really got understood people without even having to speak to them that much um it was very it was very like prophetic i don't know how to really explain it but he had that energy where it was like you wanted to tell him everything and uh people wanted to tell you everything they would come up to us and want to tell us a dmx story you know even though he was right there they would just be like oh i saw him in this hotel in 93 and then we did this and that and you're like what um but yeah, I mean, I think the the craziest one that sticks out to me is I remember going to Coachella and it was Sunday service and Kanye had invited him. And, you know, he was very close to God, like in, in his personal life. He had like a relationship with God. I would say he was like kind of religious. I wouldn't say he was religious, like going to church every day, but he was religious. And we, I remember... Uh, Chris Frierson, who I made the doc with, was like asking him, do you uh, do you think that this is is what Kanye is doing is like good? Is it is it for is it does it have good intentions, really? And he was like, no, I think it's art, though. And art is different from from religion, but the music and the art is bringing clo people closer to the word of God. So like. He, it was good in his books. It was just like, it was bizarre, but he agreed to do the show. And then Kanye and them offered him like these purple clothes to put on. And he's like, nah, like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and everyone's like kind of froze, but he was like, nah, I'm not doing that. And then it was this weird moment. And it was like, ah, oh, it's all good, whatever. And it looked beautiful on camera because everyone's in purple and he's like in white and he's giving like this sermon on like on this little mountain it was crazy it is yeah and rest a piece of dmx it just and he predicted it almost he's you mentioned him being prophetic and just people around him you hear these stories he kind of said it if i were to die tomorrow i lived a good life and his last album was exodus and he saw something yeah wow i didn't even think about his last album being exodus and also his his last child um who now I think is probably like five or six mm -hmm. Exodus um, who's in the film a lot. Cause when, when we linked up with him, I think Exodus was about two and 
he was raising him, you know? So, uh, you know, he has a lot of children, um, but Exodus was the youngest and to watch him be a father later in life with him was like really special. Um, but it also like reminds me, <laughs> we were in Miami and it was Mother's Day and it's a very quick, very quick few seconds in the film, but it's uh, right after he does Rolling Loud and we go out to dinner and it's just him and all his all his women, all his baby mamas were there and the table was full and he's just like, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. <laughs> It's just like all these moms there, like, and they're all in love with him. They all loved him. Like, didn't matter. Like, they were sitting right next to each other. No beef. Like, they all just love this man. Unbelievable. Because yeah. if it was anyone else, you know, it'd be drama on VH1. Right. It would be on Love and Hip Hop. But no, yeah. and none of them. They were all like, Earl, baby, we love Earl. Like, miss him. What a guy a shame and his legacy lives on where are you yeah. looking to take things next because you're looking because you said you're on to the next feature on to the next what are some yeah. of your long-term goals here are you looking to move on to do actual films are you kind of just staying in the documentary lane what, what's your goals to, to for the future um i'm it's funny when this film came out i had a lot of different people especially friends of mine people close to me being like you know, you love doc, you keep making docs, are you gonna make a narrative? Like, and I was like, yeah, like, I've always wanted to, you know, and of course, everyone who grows up in New York wants to make the next kids, right? The next Larry Clark film. That's what like, it's like, oh, who's gonna make the next kids? And it's like, yeah, I really want to. Um, <laughs> That would be dope. But it's not that simple. And like, to to but I'd like to make the jump and I've started actually writing my first feature uh screenplay so I'm hoping to wrap that up writing wise um in the next few months and then start shopping it around and and move on to and make a narrative film but at the same time doc is my first love I'm still trying to make docs right now um I'm right now pitching my first true crime doc um mainly I've done stuff in hip hop and um, I've also done stuff like about natural disasters and all types of topics, but never true crime. And, you know, not to give it all away, but it's a really cool New York story. It takes place in the 90s, involves a lot of crooked cops. It involves the Colombo family. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, it's almost a movie itself. So I kind of want to make the doc first, <laughs> just to like lay down the groundwork and then like maybe see, you know, with a lot of lawyers work to get... Um, the, the rights to certain certain people and like their story and turn it into a scripted film. And then I got one more in the pipeline too, that's still in hip hop. Uh, not gonna give too much away about that, but about a legend from the nineties, Harlem, no longer with us. Uh, been been working on that right now. Okay, I think I know who it is. You mentioned it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the MVP. He he might be the MVP. <laughs> he might he might be a little street struck. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he, yeah, he's he he plays dice. He's he plays into he, the dice game. He's definitely into the dice game. Sometimes eight is enough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the deadly combination there. Yeah, yeah, you know. He's devil's son sometimes. <laughs> You know, that was a lot of ebonics. Like, yeah, yeah, he's 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 
considered himself flamboyant. Flamboyant right? at times, he can be flamboyant. You know, you know. He saw the big I, picture. He saw the big picture early. I think he like really spent a lot of time in the danger zone, but. <laughs> Oh, I think we've uh, given away uh, enough. I think if, if you maybe. don't know rap, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, crazy man. But Clark, yeah. I I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Is there anything else you kind of want to let the audience know? Anything else that we didn't discuss? Damn. Well, no. Thank you for having me, dude. I'm a big fan. Uh, keep watching the show, see it grow. I mean, like sports people, I, I haven't seen any real film people on here, so I'm hyped to be on here. Uh, yeah, I I, I've done a couple, not like documentary I've done. I'm trying to think what I did Joe Dante. I don't know if you know him. He did Gremlins, The Howling. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done a couple of Kude and Chike, actually. I did Kude and Chike. Oh, cool. I've done a couple. Yeah, so I take that back. I was bluffing. I did do some yeah. film people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I've done yeah. so much. It's like I got to dig deep. Yeah, dude, you have like, I was like on YouTube, I was like, damn, this is just the channel goes on and on. Like you've been doing it for a while now. So props to you. But I don't know if there's anything I don't know. I could leave with leave with a thought with people Um, is, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you make docs? Where do you start? Um, You know, how do you go about filmmaking? And it's like such a broad thing to think about and jump into or directing. And I think it's like, if I could give a piece of advice, it would be like, there's a lot of stories and people right around you that are happening that you're kind of sleeping on. Um, it doesn't have to be the, a celebrity or somebody big. It could be, you know, your your super is just like, the in your building is crushing it. You know, like everybody got a story. They're from somewhere. And um, just put it on paper. Put it on paper while, while it's still fresh in your mind and just go from there, but, but just start it, you know, don't think about it. Just do it. And, and don't be a fantasizer. Go and actually follow your dreams, please. Right. Please, please. <laughs> please. We, we need more dope shit out here. People need to just keep, keep following the dreams. Don't, don't turn off. Don't make cat videos on TikTok. Exactly. And then twerk around and think that you're a hip person, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and we got to give them the shout outs too for especially to Sean shout out to Sean and where they can follow you on Instagram too at Clarkito yes at Clarkito it's spelled Clark with two K's and then Ito um, I-T-O that's me on Instagram that's actually me across I think all socials and if you want to see like past short docs I've done on uh, G Herbo which I saw you had on your show yeah shout out to G Herbo shout out to Herbo um, Herbo Post Malone, Lil Tracy, uh, list goes on, but it's all at ClarkSlaterFilms.com. Yeah, you got to go check that out. Go check out the website. You're, you're yeah. always going to be a part of the show, too. Once you release some new stuff, we got to get you back on. I would love to, man. I would love to. Keep chopping it up. We can keep talking hip-hop all day. Uh, of course. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to continue this. Thank you. I'm a fan of what you're doing. Keep Congratulations on everything this far, and it's only up from here. I mean, you got Thanks, the, the Legends co-signing you and doing working with you. Somehow. It's official. Huh? It's, <laughs> it's, it's a testament of who you are and your love of hip-hop and just your creativity and just passion as a filmmaker. So they see it Thanks. and they believe it. Yep. I appreciate that. You already know. And we'll be releasing this next Wednesday if that's good with you. Is that fine? Next Wednesday yeah. is good? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be Great. dropping it, releasing it, airing it. Cool. I'm excited. I'm going to yeah. promote, promote it. I know Wiggs is going to shout it out. I'll definitely get Drez on it. 
Drez, oh, I, Drez is actually doing something cool. He's going around a five city tour where they're playing the film and then he's performing. Um, wow. I think he's going to drop some news about that soon. So I might be speaking out of turn because I think he's told me that today. So <laughs> never mind. No, by the time this comes out, he would have said something. So, um, but yeah, that's really exciting. I, I like that it keeps living on, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's on the platform. It's on Paramount Plus, but I'm hoping that people like go back and listen to Wolf in Sheep's Clothing because that is a banger. Classic album. Classic. Classic. Yeah. No doubt about it. Man, thank you for coming on the show again. Shout out to Sean. We'll shout out to Sean. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to him, man. Keep doing your yeah. thing, all right? Yo, thanks, DJ Mad Max. Thank you. Thanks for having me. One love. Of course, Clark. Take care, man. Peace. Peace out, man.